Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry? Who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you that I have brought back my signature course, She Nets Worth, a hairstylist guide to going independent. So if you've been independent for a while and you don't have systems, this course is for you. If you're thinking about going independent and you're not sure if it's what's the right move for you, this course is for you. I know for myself, I wish I had this course. Basically, the first four years I was independent, I struggled because I didn't have the infrastructure or the understanding of the business side of my business. So if this sounds like something you could use some help with, please head over to my website, wavemaking.com, and check out my course. Okay, so this is an episode I've been so excited to do. Nina Kovner is someone I've looked up to, and honestly, she was like the only coach I knew of. Um, honestly, in the industry in 2014, when um, I was looking for someone and was connected with her. So I just, this has been probably my most long awaited um, episode because it's getting our schedules together. And also it was like an aspirational guest to me. So I was like, I don't want to have her on until like this podcast is legit. So um, a hundred and like 20 something later, Nina Kovner, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lindsay. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so happy for you and your podcast. I'm so proud of you. Um, we go way back. This yeah. is really cool. I this was so excited cool. that you're on that I forgot to like say who you are, but I don't feel like <laughs> of an introduction. It's like uh, Nina Kovner from Passion Squared. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I really admire you and all the work you've done. And the long, the more I've been in the industry and the more work I've done on myself, the more I come back to like, oh, Nina really she really has been knowing what's up for a long time. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that I, 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 I talk often about there's, you know, there's age. I mean, I, I've, I've done a lot, you know, and, and that doesn't mean I'm wiser. It doesn't mean I know more. But sometimes just life and business experience actually, you know, can make a difference. And, and what I brought to Passion Squared was my entire career's experience and my entire life experience. And that was really why I created it, how I created it, and the fact that I'm so committed to working from the inside out and, you know, ta- dealing with both the, you know, personal mental and, of course, the business stuff, which I love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I've done some things. I've been around and I've been through some shit, like everyone listening to this totally. episode. Well, I thought it'd be cool to kind of like, the last time like I was working with you, I was in the midst of like kind of figuring out that my partnership was going to end. And I wanted to like share with you some insight I've had since talking to you because I mm. think it will help other people. And I think that it'll kind of like create this uh, environment to be like, oh shit, that might be me too. So I don't know if you remember this, but I, I remember. Had, okay. 
So I, I want to share. So I had a coaching call with Nina and like not, not to share too much because, you know, there's other people involved, but what I, what I, I wanted to share that when I had the call with you, you're the first person who ever said to me, have you ever looked into codependency? And I was mm-hmm. like, um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I got off the phone from a call where you were just very like, well, have you had the conversation? Are you talking about what you want? And I was just like, ah, I got off the call with you. And I thought, I wonder why she was so mean to me. Oh, shit. (laughs) But it wasn't mean. I look at it now and I'm like, Nina was turning me towards myself, turning me towards myself. And, you know, in, and now having done all this work since 2017, I'm like, wow, it's just, it was fascinating to me that my takeaway was, and the only thing I could think of was my partner must have gotten to you first. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, of course, because our brains do some wild ass stuff. So I wanted to share that because I think that, wow. you know, looking back at it, you literally just held a mirror up to me and we're like, you're not really saying what you want and you're not. And, and I think just having the space that I've had and the, the work that I've done on myself and the therapy and all these things, um, I realized what a gift you gave me, but I couldn't mm-hmm. receive that gift initially. Wow. And I wasn't wow. mad at you. I, I thought it was you. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know what? Nina's trying to be professional, but obviously she's heard the other side of this. And, <laughs> and I just think that that's powerful. It, it, oh gosh, there's so many things, like there's so many like wisdoms and messages and, and, and things uh, about that experience. And I'm so grateful that you shared that part, which of course I did not know. Um, and, and trust me, I used to be a lot more intense when I was an executive. So I can only imagine sometimes what people are, can't imagine. I know, I know what folks said about yeah. me and my intensity. When we are, it's, I mean, codependency, you know, we, it's so common. It's so difficult. Um, and it, it, it's hard in the beginning to look at our own behavior and patterns and roles in relationships, be it business or otherwise, and and see how we've created a lot of the drama and the chaos and the angst and the anxiety and the resentment and all of those things. And in the same breath, it's so incredibly empowering as you've experienced. When you do finally have that awareness and, and you're just like, oh, actually I'm in control, like of myself, right? Of my choices, of my behaviors, of my reactions, responses, conversations, etc. It is my life's work because I am in continual recovery with codependency. And um and so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that it's something that totally shows up for hairstylists. And like, that's like, kind of like when I thought about talking to you, I'm like, I want the conversation to be about this because I still don't think there's a lot of language out there for that's a lot of times what's happening. And it's what's, what's, you know, people say people pleasing. They say they might, they might share like um, some of the symptoms, but people don't, aren't really talking about like, what's at the core of why we show up at a, at a you know, kind of at a deficiency to ourselves. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I wrote a whole book about it. Um, it's called My Awesome AF Boundary Book. And I wrote it in 2018, I think it was, or, or 2019. But, you know, this is, this is childhood stuff. This is old trauma stuff. This is work that is not being done in beauty school. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is stuff that is painful and difficult. And not everyone has access to quality, um, quality mental health care or health care for that matter, but quality mental health care. Um, I was very blessed and privileged to when I attended inpatient um, treatment in 2007, I was, I mean, I lucked out. I, the treatment center I went to is one of the top ones in the world. I had access privilege money at the time to do that. And their whole model around recovery is based in codependency. So, I mean, had I not landed there, like, I don't believe that I would have had the same experience and the same, um, uh, education and recovery, you know, of all the things that workaholism, codependency, addiction, all the things, you know, and so the whole model is founded in codependency. Um, and I just actually went back there um, um, in late May for a one week kind of uh, um, trauma and grief uh, workshop treatment, whatever. And same thing, you know, it's, the, it, it, it's all, it all goes back to that. And so I think that a lot of it is just access and awareness and, like you said, you know, language and it is not something that we just run towards. Like you said, like I thought Nina was, why is Nina being mean to me? Like this feels like an assault on my way. I thought I was getting coaching. Like what the fuck is this, you know? And so it's hard. It's hard to look in the mirror and it's not always safe, you know? And, and so there's so many variables as to why an individual would say, you know what? Like I'm ready. Like I feel strong. I feel safe. I feel capable. I have the resources. Like I'm ready to go down this, what can be a very dark, dark, dark hole. And, um, and I completely empathize and understand the folks that can't, but there's something that I want to, I want to look at just something from the, um, founder of the treatment center, I wanted to, um, oh, it's somewhere in my book, but this is about family systems. This is about how we were raised. This is about how we feel safe. This is about how we were taught or most of the time not taught. Um, and so the, that people pleasing, you know, that, that people pleasing, that fear of difficult conversations, that those walls, like the, the, the one that it's happening a lot, uh, which is unhealthy boundary that the one that's happening a lot is that if you don't, if you know, show me you're blocked or just like this hard line. And it's like, wait, it, that's not how, like, that's, you know, so, there's, there's 
And then this independent, I wrote about this in my first book, Follow Your Heart, this, this myth of, I don't need anyone. I'm so independent. Like I'm a boss and whatever. And it's like, well, we actually need each other. There is something called interdependence. There is something about this energy of, of connection. Brene Brown talks about this also. Um, often I hadn't discovered Brene when I went through all this work, but obviously since discovering her, you know, a few years ago, I I'm obsessed just like most other people, but, and obviously do recommend all of Brene Brown's books, but Brene says we're hardwired for connection. So when we think about, um, when we think about this, this independent myth, it, it, it plays in two. So you've got all these different kind of forces coming together. And then, then the lack of skills, language, and a basic ability to navigate the stuff that happens every day, so being yeah. in a service industry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, everything you're saying, I'm like, and I, like, I love what you said about like, people don't go like, you know, I'm ready to work on my codependency. Like I honestly <laughs> didn't even know that that's really what was at play until like in the last, I mean, I've been doing the work, but not knowing what the work was right, right, right. for. Totally. But it's like, you don't go to that work until like your marriage blows up, your business partnership ends. And you're just like sitting on your orange couch in your studio going, what the fuck? And so that that's at least what it was for me. And so yeah. I, I just, I totally appreciate what you said because like, you know, like, you're not having a good day and deciding to work on this. It tends to be that something happens in your life that we're desperate. Yeah. I'm desperate. Yeah. And I was desperate back in 2007 and I was desperate again this past year with my mental illness, which I do talk about quite openly. I have really complex treatment resistant depression that was made worse due to some very traumatic losses in 2020. I know I'm not alone in that, but, um, yeah. So it's, it's de- desperation yeah. and that's okay. You know, that, right. that, that's super cool. And, and I, so I'm very careful not to, I, I'm not, I don't push, mm-hmm. you know, I you mean, don't. That's not my style. I, I honestly was like, wait, I kind of remembered this conversation. I was like, oh, I mean, you could be on social media, like blasting it out there and you don't. And that's yeah. what I think is really cool about how, how you've chosen to show up because it's like, like you said, it's the foundation of that's what you do, but it doesn't hit people in the face. Yeah, I am not, I'm a Libra. I mean, we're peace, love, justice. I, I don't want to hit anyone. Yeah. In the virtual or physical, physical space. But that's one of the reasons why I created so many scripts, conversation frameworks in the book was because I understand that like not everyone's going to go to some bougie, you know, rehab and have the best treatment ever. I'm so super aware of that. Yeah. I read your book and I, I loved it. Yeah. So sometimes we just need that, right? We need like, right. and, and it's, it's just like hair. It's just like anything. It's practice. Right. I yeah. still, to this day, write, write down difficult conversations. Literally to this day, I've been doing this work for 14 years. And I still do exactly what my therapist recommends and what I was taught, which is write it, write the conversation down right? and check in with someone on it before you have it. If you need to read, like obviously being on the phone is, it's, yeah, yeah. Not, you know, if you're on the phone or whatever, but if you need to like read through it when you're, cause you're still shaky and stumbling, that's okay. Like, this is not easy. I don't care how much work you've done or whatever. 
we all want to be seen and accepted and loved unconditionally. And it sucks when we disappoint people. It's just, it, it's such a, it's an awful feeling, but it should not come before our own wellness and yeah. well-being. No, I, I'm really big into course correcting. Like, I'm like, oh, I can get mad at myself. I was like, I, t- I told that person I'd stay late. Well, just circle back with an email. Like, how much of you, the work do you think it is just being like, oh, I'm doing it again? And like- Aware. Yeah, self-awareness. Absolutely, because we do it, right? We, we do it, we do it. I mean, I probably have something daily that yeah. I really, of course, I practice this. So this is very high in my self-awareness. But I will check myself- if I'm feeling something coming on that is feeling a little codependent, I'll be like, okay, something's up here. Let me like think about, let me step back. We tend to just like charge towards something when I I really advise our clients and myself um, to take a moment, just sit with it. There's no need to, to be reactive and stuff is highly emotional as it is because we're highly emotional people because we're creatives and that's beautiful. I, mm-hmm. I don't want that ever to change, you know? Um, but with that does come this sometimes this, re- it's like putting people on blast on, which I know you yeah. know how I feel about. I've been talking about this for almost a decade. You know, if like one client screws up, then effective immediately and all this, you know, you all suck and I'm taking a $9,000 deposit. Like, all these kind of reactive things, that's not policy making and clear communication. That's reactive. So policy making and clear communication is different, but it's this reactive stuff. And it then we ultimately feel bad. We may even go into a shame spiral and that makes shit worse. And it's just, it's a nightmare, right? So if we take a moment, that moment could be a, you know, the term sleep on it, which is a term that like growing up in the executive world, people said, well, let, let's sleep on it. I'm like, Okay. Like that sounds weird, but I do believe in like, take a moment and that moment could be any, you know, within a, you know, reasonable amount of time, but 24 hours. How's that? Like take 24 hours. I do feel like we do. I'm guilty of in the past feeling like I didn't want any, and that might be the codependency. Like I don't want anyone to to wait for me. Like I want to get back to people. I, and I, and I do that in in a, at a, like a detriment to myself. Like, oh my gosh. Like if I'd given myself three minutes, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I would have remembered I have to take my dog to the vet after work. So I can't do it that day. Like we just get so. You said it to the detriment of myself. That's the problem. That's when there's a problem. And so caring deeply, I care deeply. Like mm-hmm. my company is called Passion Squared. We are passionate. We care deeply. We we pride ourselves on delivering awesome experiences, right. awesome customer care, awesome, 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 but not to the detriment of my well-being. Or it doesn't have to be that way. Right. We still deliver incredible, consistent, whatever, and not you know, be this like, uh, no days off hustle culture, martyr fucking person that is not cute. And, yeah. uh, and it's not healthy. Well, it's like, it's super ugly. Like, I feel like yeah. that's something I'm really aware of now. Like, and what you're saying, like, like you guys, I'm so booked. I just, I have to create a new policy. Like all the, like the social media kind of like, that's why this is changing. I can't keep doing this. I'm not seeing my dog. I'm not seeing my husband. It's like, whoa, this is a lot of information. That if you could just handle yes. your shit and just give me your policies on your website. So when I go to book, it's just clean. 
Right. That we, and we actually talk about that in the book too, but in, in our pricing workshops and in a school, we, I have an example. I have two examples. I have the, the healthy boundary and clear, awesome way of communicating a, a price change, increase, whatever adjustment. And then I have a real life example from a business of how not to do it. And I, of course, I redacted the name of the business. I, I would never publicly put, you know, a business on blast anywhere, even within our own membership program. But um, this was like a five paragraph email <laughs> from an an awesome business that, that I like, you know. And um, it was like, dear, you know, we haven't increased prices in 10 years and, you know, the rent and it went through that whole thing. And I'm so sorry. I hate to do it. Those are these, I'm so sorry. I hate to do that. It's like, wait, what? Like, why, why are you sorry? Why do you hate it? Like what? No, 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 no. <laughs> and, and so that, that is a great example of codependency is justifying over justifying over justifying, not clear communication, um, again, Brene Brown, clear is kind, unclear yeah. is unkind. So it's it's not clear communication does not have to be this six paragraph justification of a fucking five percent cost of doing business, you know, um price increase. Right. And and so that's a that's a red flag. You know, they're 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 kind of everywhere. There's nothing wrong with squeezing someone in if it's not going to have any adverse effect on the other clients in the business or yourself, which we know is not the case. Of course, it's going to have an impact on other clients. But every now and again, there actually may be something that can be done. And that's lovely. Like, I usually don't take any meetings after 3 p.m. My brain just works better in the morning hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, but every now and again, a 5.30, you know, session, whatever is necessary. Right. And I make it work and I schedule the day and I make sure that I'm eating and make sure that I'm taking breaks and that, you know, yeah. um, I'm okay, you know, for the next morning. So anyways, it, this is all constant decision-making that, that we're doing and practice, practice, practice. Yeah. How much would you say, like, I would be so curious to know in your experience when it comes to like a business, how much of it is like the self-awareness, the, 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 like the schedule, like honoring yourself and how much of it is actually like the business, like strategy and <laughs> tactics? Well, I mean, for this in, for a service industry, yes. for this industry in particular, I would say, honestly, the majority of conversations and problems and, and things that I process with our clients I mean, this is not, of course, like scientific or, or whatever, but I would say about 70% of the angst is coming from codependency, lack of healthy boundaries, fear of, you know, you know, people pleasing all of it, you know, that it's all, all kind of is in the same bucket, but yeah, I mean, I, we could, we could come up with 10 things right now. I don't know. I'm scared about price increase. I don't know what to say about my price increase. I have a client that's really upset. They can't get in, um, in July. I, what do I do about a client that got upset? What, I mean, you you can just literally like you could list so many of the common, common, common issues that create the most amount of pain 
and angst and fear and anxiety and sleepless nights and energy. I got a shitty Yelp review. I got a, and it all goes back to, okay, this isn't actually like a problem, right? but it feels like such a big problem because the, the, the weight of the, the heaviness of what we're feeling inside to, to create a response is paralyzing. Yeah. As you were just talking, I was thinking like, yeah, like all, like the business side of it is so simple, but the mental side of it clouds our judgment in making the changes and doing the things we need to do. A hundred percent. And that's why I, I talk so often that we work from the inside out because I mean, I, I know business, right? Yeah. I'm, I know, I know business and I, teach, obviously, you know, I don't teach everything. I teach what, you know, our, my specialty and area of, you know, focuses, but, um, I can give you all those tools. I can do all of that. And if you are struggling with communication, with codependency, with all of that, then that's the rest of this stuff just doesn't matter. Leadership is a great example. You know, we do have a leadership issue in our industry. That's not a secret, Um, and so much of it has to do with, I mean, let's just think about it. Gossip, mean girl culture. There we go. Um, not wanting to go to team meetings because all it is, is a bitch session. I mean, this is all, this is all boundary codependency type stuff that could be eliminated with making it a priority to not only do the inside work as leaders, but also creating a culture that makes it important for the team to see value in healthy communication, in working on ourselves as individuals, as, you know, all those things. This, this is how we, this is how we handle conflict. This is how we deal with, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, it becomes part of the culture. If that's prioritized, that's great, but we know that's not the norm. Right. Yeah. So people are like, I'm happier alone. It's like, like I'm all about like, that's not, I love sweets. I love all business models are fucking great. That that's not a, that's not a statement to that. It's a statement to think about that. Like, cause we hear, hear that a lot still. You know, well, I think especially with COVID, it, and that's something I'm really conscious of now because I'm like, okay, I have a studio and I did work alone for a long time and I like helping independent stylists, but I'm like, I'm just wired to like, like the business stuff. I'm wired to like enjoy all the different parts of it. And I think so many people are, like you said, like not in a good situation. It seems like the natural only thing to do, or it's come really sexy. And whenever something's sexy, I'm like, uh, kind of like caution before moving forward. Cause it's not for everyone. And like, yeah, yeah I think that, that is something in the industry. It's, I never, yeah. It's the reason, it's the reason that bothers me. It's not people that choose to work alone. Cause I yes. think it's great if people, it's the, it's, it's when, and I've been hearing this for literally decades. Um, it's so, I'm so much happier away from all the drama. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah, that no, is that that's that true. that's instant like that 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 tells me so much. Now, of course, we could be the drama, and likely we are contributing to it as individuals. And that goes back to where you started with self awareness and why is Nina being mean to me? So, 
still just laugh like to I myself know. It's about fun- that. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I'm I'm like mortified, but also like I know you well enough yeah. to know that, you know. And and like to know that like there was nothing you said on that call that was mean. It's just, right. that was my, my, I think it's just like important for people to understand. Like that was my headspace. Like I was like, right. where? <laughs> Not looking at myself at all. Mm. I don't know. I just still kind of just chuckle at that. You've done so awesome. <laughs> Look at you though. Look at you. But I feel like it took, it took taking total responsibility for like, well, how in the fuck am I here in every relationship in my life? Yeah. I know it sucks. Not a Trust me. I know I go through it. Like I said, I'm still every day. There's something, yeah. you know, that I have to look at and just go, Oh, this is so like, this yeah. is, this is not fun at all. But yeah. So, I mean that, I think that that's the, that's the thing is that it's hard. And I remember my therapist telling me, uh, I, I have always been such a, like, like, peace and love and, um, just really like valuing like quality environments and relationships. And I had such intense chaos in my life before I went into treatment in 2007. And I was just like, I finally, you know, after, and I started, you know, kind of change, literally changing everything. Mm -hmm. And, and, And my therapist and I were talking about it and I'm like, what is that? Like, what, why did I do that? And she said, because that's how you grew up, you were recreating the chaos or, you know, and I didn't have a chaotic childhood, but I did, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily like you may not see the chaos, but it was chaotic. And so we recreate systems, family systems that we feel safe. So I felt safe in the chaos, which is just crazy. And now, you know, obviously as I continue to do this work that, I'm aware of that and I do not create that chaos. So some of these things that go on with folks um, in the industry, it's like they're crazy and they're drama. And it's like, yeah, that's possible. And also maybe you. And again, that's very difficult. Yeah, no, I heard something said, it was very similar. It said, you're not living a life, you're living a pattern. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like, you know, you might go into new environments and new situations, but you will recreate. And that's, I, I've noticed that with, you know, it happened in my own business. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't like where I was at. I didn't like how they ran things. I didn't like that. I didn't have the flexibility. Well, what did I do in my own salon? Oh, I worked all the time. Didn't give myself time off. Didn't. And I recreated it. And I, and I watched that happen over and over, you know, with, with other stylists. And, and it's like, it's not just in your career, it's in your life. It's everywhere. I just think that's, that's a huge aha, like Oprah moment to be like, yeah, no wherever shit. we go, wherever we go, there we are. And we think that there's a term in recovery, but I forget, I forget what it is, but it's basically like thinking like, oh, I'm going to move somewhere else and be better. Someone listening knows exactly what I'm talking about, knows the word for it. But yeah, I mean, that's so it's, it, I get it again, you know, cause we're human beings and and, and yeah, there are opportunities for fresh starts and for, you know, magical adventures. Like I'm on an organ. Um, I love organ. It, 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 my mental health isn't any better. In fact, it's worse. It has, nothing, right? it has nothing to do with organ. You know, this is not about organ. This is about me. And um, so, yeah, so no, nothing. We, we follow ourselves everywhere. Yeah. It sucks. 
it's, it's inconvenient. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we could just like transport? Like, it's yeah, just, I know. You're all, both of us would have done it by now. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not possible. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like with your move to, to Oregon, like you moved from LA to Oregon, has mm-hmm. it met some of your other needs or what, what has it been like to live there? Cause I actually haven't gotten to really talk to you about like moving from LA. And- uh, well, it was a 10 year dream that I had. I had visited the Oregon coast for a family wedding and I, I, I being from LA, I had never even been. Yeah. Like, I'd been to Portland, I think once before, like I just didn't Oregon, like it, I didn't even LA folks. We don't, you know, I, I went other, like I went, I traveled globally, you know, for work yeah. and stuff and traveled the U S but I, I just had never, never really spent any time in Oregon. So I, I just fell in love with it. And, you know, I think that some of it is that I, you know, in 2009, I, I resigned from a 25 year glorious career and sold everything I owned to, start this new second act, you know, uh, passion squared and just my life and live a much simpler, quieter, slower, everything. And so I think that some of it was that like, Oh, like I'm not getting, I'm going to be 55 in a couple months. And it's like, okay, life's moving fast. And I said, I always wanted to go to Oregon and the time was right in 2018. I'm just like, that's it. I'm out. And I'm so glad that I'm so glad that I did the timing. Like it, it always works out, but Mm -hmm. my ultimate dream was my mom wanted to live in a log cabin. So I'm like, I'm going to like work towards getting a log cabin in the forest for my mom. And sadly she, unexpectedly died last year. Um, but she did get a chance to spend time here, you know, and visit. And that was incredibly, incredibly special. So, um, it has been difficult. It's been difficult in the fact that there's been like three once in 100 years or once in never natural disasters since I've been here. We just had the heat dome, which was yeah. Terrifying. Um, we had the fires, which was terrifying. We had an ice storm just a few months ago that was a nightmare. And we had a once in 100 year snowstorm the first year that I was here. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of know the lessons it, it's teaching me, but it's it's been a lot. And, you know, for as like joyous as this place makes me and the, just, just the animals and the trees and the people, like there's just so much about this place that I just love so much. Um, I didn't know that I would have this next really serious, dark bout with my, with my depression. And because it started just a few months pre-COVID, all my plans to take care of myself got, of course, canceled. Um, and so it's been a hard, it's been hard. Yeah. So like the self-care stuff that you had, that's all very important. Is that what you mean by canceled? The things you had planned? No, I mean, getting treatment, getting help. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get the the treatment that I needed. And then when I decided to go to Southern California for the summer, to spend the summer with my mom and get treatment in Southern California. I got there and three of the most important people in my life died within a five week period. 
And so summer was canceled. Um, my treatment was canceled. <laughs> um, and then it was so incredibly difficult to find treatment when I returned to Oregon because again, COVID, you know? Yes. So I was, I mean, I literally was just holding on for my dear life. Literally. Wow. It has been brutal. Well, I think that you're speaking to something that a lot of people have maybe not shared. So it's really yeah. it takes a lot of courage to share that because a lot of people wouldn't have said, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. not the perfectly packed story. It's not like 16 years ago, I went through this. It's like, no, I'm still. In yeah. It. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's, I'm grateful that like in that, in the sense that like I have been to the edge yeah. and I, I was able to get help. It, the difference in this in this this particular episode that lasted eight has well, I'm still in it, but I mean, it started in December, 2019. Um, th- the difference with this episode, I'm older, and it's a different intensity. It's it the the circumstances aren't the same, and I'm tired. I mean, people that live with mental illness, we do get tired. You know, it's like showing up, you know, trying to be fully present all the time. Um, of course, as a coach, you know, there's that. I have that. Working through COVID, I was working 18 hours a day for months, helping and supporting our clients and community. Um, that obviously took its toll. It, it saved my life also, though, you know? Right. It's like two sides to a coin. Yes, it, it absolutely. Um, but, you know, there just comes a point where, where we get, we get tired. And and that was the scariest part for me. Um, late 2020 and early 2021, I I was like, I don't know. Like it was very much touch and go. So, you know, I, I'm not going to pin that on Oregon, but it, it, it definitely is a different experience going through what I've been going through not being around my friends. Um, of course the family situation changed dramatically last year, but, um, that fucking sucks. You know, my mom literally was my best friend and my, my savior in every, you know, sense of of the word. And we had planned to be together and Mm -hmm. for her to, you know, be there for me while I went through and, you know, getting help. So anyways, um, but you know, that, that was COVID, you know what I mean? Like we didn't get to, there were so many reasons that we couldn't have get what we needed, right? Have our yeah. needs met. Um, the losses are bigger for some than others. Like those yeah. are a lot of huge losses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to Oregon. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I really feel like all of that aside, I, I feel that it's an adventure that that may not be like, it's not rainbows and unicorns, but there are a lot of rainbows and unicorns in the adventure. And so I'm trying not to uh, like attach too much connection or meaning to it. Um, But I will tell you that, you know, in that those few months I was back, well, I wasn't even there two months, the time I was back in Southern Mm -hmm. California last uh, last summer, um, I was ready to get back to Oregon. Interesting. I, I feel like I belong here. And I, I, I just, I don't know. It's, I love it here. I love it here. Well, yeah. that's awesome. I'm so yeah. glad because 
Like, I was curious to see if you were like, you know, it's going to be a couple of year journey or whatever, but you know, sounds like who knows, but I don't have any plans. I don't have any plans to leave. I feel like I just got here. Cause again, you know, we lost, you know, a year and a half, we lost some time and my mental illness has definitely robbed me of adventure time, you know, and stuff. And so I, I, I feel like I'm just getting started and getting grounded and settled. And, um, I, I, and you know, the dogs are so happy. That was a big reason for me coming here was, you know, Faith, she's 15 this month and my, my eldest. And so I want her to just lay in the grass and, you know, just enjoy. And, and she is, and she doesn't courage. He doesn't know any different. He's just like my little five-year-old. He's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, this is fun, you know, but I definitely wanted face, you know, last year's to be calm and peaceful and yeah. downtown LA was not it. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I love what you said. Cause I feel like, you know, you think of like mental health or you think of like someone struggling with mental health. You don't think of them having this thriving career and this, like all these other aspects, like family, you know, know, I feel like it's like, I think you touch on something really important that like, you can have your career. And I I remember in a dark time in my life, someone would be saying like, I go on your Instagram and like, you're like at work and it looks like it's going so well. And it's like, it is. And, and over here, this is happening. So I think that that's something really cool that you speak about. Cause it's like, you have this like badass career that like people would dream of having your old career, your current career, anything. And you also have these, these, these other parts to your personality, other parts of your life. And I sometimes think people see things as like black and white and like, I'm more into like, everything's gray now. But I think that that's such a cool thing that you're speaking about. Cause it's like, you can have your life be going really well and have this other stuff. And I don't think you're someone who you're able to, to really perform at an extremely high level and I think that that's important for people to hear because it's like, oh my gosh, like that's, there, this is, this is the complexity of it. Yeah. And there's, trust me, there's a lot of times that I have not been able to perform even close to my, yeah. to my level. So, um, I, like I said, like with last year, I, the, the amount of emotional work and physical work that I did for our clients, um, it did in many ways save me last year because pre-March it was dark. And so there's that. I think what's important and I've learned as a recovering workaholic is it's okay to disassociate. It's okay to now, of course, and not on super unhealthy ways, but in the short term we're surviving and that's right. what I was doing. I was doing what I love, what I committed to doing, that I would obviously always be there for our clients. This was next level. It was scary, you know? And um, so it was good for me to be working 18-hour days. Yeah, like I was listening to a podcast and I was talking about like, what do you do when you're struggling? You help people. And it's like, as much as you can, as much as you can, like, you know, that's like the other side of codependency. It's like, no, not not that kind of help. It's different. It's It's different. different. Yeah. It's in that being of service is definitely a big part of the recovery is being of service helps us get out of our own head. 
And there are a lot of times that that absolutely is, is, is critical. And of course we do that every day, you know, in, in our jobs. Um, but there does come a point where you can't, and then that's where the codependency comes in. If you keep doing that to the detriment of your health and your needs and your wellness, then yeah, then you're entering codependency. Um, so is that like a silver gray. lining? Of, it is yeah, gray. It's, it's all gray. But is that one of the silver linings of COVID was like you being able to show up for people in a way that kind of took you always. a little bit out? Always. And always. that's not unique to COVID. It's Well, and I was just going to say, I, I don't think I'll ever toxic positivity 2020. Um, I think that that is, I think it's dangerous because we haven't even yet begun to scratch the surface on the amount of loss and grief and trauma that was created in the past year and a half. And my therapist talked about that on the last podcast I did, yeah. Dr. Nancy. This is going to be with us for decades. I mean, I last week before the heat dome came, I spent all week planning my mom's funeral a year later, writing year an obituary later. a year later. Still waiting to begin to carry out her wishes. We just had her best friend's funeral. She died five weeks before my mom. Um, We just had her funeral last month. So it restarts everything, right? Um, It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. So um, yeah, of course, you know, um, some amazing things were happening in 2020, but um, yeah, I'm not going to be like COVID. Yay. Yeah, like, yeah. Yay. 2020, because it could have been 2019 or 2017 or 2016. There, and the, the silver lining in every day that I have the ability and privilege to serve our clients at Passion Squared, that is always a silver lining for me. Yeah. Cause I, you know, i I've already done the other stuff. And I think that's why my perspective may be a little different than others Totally, is I'm not looking to like, there's nothing, I have no agenda other than to serve and empower the people that I love every day. And I can't believe I get, I, I can't believe I get to do that. Like I can't, I never imagined that I would be able to do this. And there's so many folks like yourself that, you know, we're there in the very beginning of, of this. And it's just so cool. Like it's, it is so cool. It's a gift. It is so cool. And you're so good at it. Um, and you've got a school and I know you, your books and so where can people find you? Where can people catch up with you? Because I know like you've been such a inspiration to me. Like I, I, I just, I look up to you. I admire the work that you do and I want everyone to follow you and (laughs) buy everything that you sell, because honestly, you're right. None of it's for you. It's all in the, and it's all for service in the service of others. So where can people follow? And I can make a living, you know, and that's the thing is I, I can do this and obviously make a living, which is such a gift. So um, passionsquare.net is our website. You can find us on the gram at passion square and same with Facebook. Um, we have a podcast, People Passion Purpose Podcast, which we just brought back. Start, um, yeah, we just started back in May. Um, yeah, 
So it's like I said, you know, it's, it's been a rough year, but we do have some new things that are coming up that, you know, of course I'll share about, but our core business every day where I spend most of my days is in our A school salon owners coaching program. Yeah. And I can, I can attest to it because I've been a part (laughs) of it and the people that I've met are the most quality people. Like I I can kind of like think of all these people that I'm, you know, connected to. And it's like, wait, where did I connect with them? It's yeah. like almost always it comes back to you. Yeah, it'll, we're going to celebrate eight years in January. So it's been seven and a half years that since oh school started. And there we have, I mean, both our past members and our, our present members are just, I think you said, quality people that compassionate, kind, you know, wise. And um, it, it it's my greatest joy. I mean, it, it really is my greatest joy that I get to wake up and do this every day as... I still kind of am like, are you kidding me? Like, this it's is still real. surreal. That means yeah. like you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you. Thank you very Same. much. Same. Thank you, Lindsay.